of random number generators throwing knuckleballs. Heath is now the oldest host. Scott likes using GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get a... Happy Memorial Day, everybody. It's actually Friday right now, May 26th, but you and are here. And we're all drunk. We are? Because it's Memorial Day. That's what you're supposed to do on Memorial Day. Oh. You barbecue, you drink some beer. Yeah, you barbecue. I'm not going to drink. You know, I don't drink, but. I'll have some for you then. Thank you, Chris Towers. Appreciate that. What a man, Chris Towers. Uh, anyway, we don't know what happened over the weekend, but I think we can assume, based on the conversation Chris and I had yesterday, that Anthony Rizzo hit eight home runs. Over oh, the yeah. weekend. Definitely. He's due. Yeah. And Scott's here, too. I am here, yeah. What's up, Scott? How was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? <laughs> we'll find out. We will find out. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed your weekend and enjoying your holiday. And uh, let's do some mailbag stuff. Our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We will read, I think I got about 15 emails or so in the notes today. We'll do about a half hour. But I wanted to know if there was any trade talk you guys wanted to have. We can grade Chris's trade on yeah. the air. Okay. All right. Towers, powers, right here. Let's grade the trade. I had one of those, uh, one of those ones where you offer a trade and it just sits out there for two weeks. The person doesn't respond, and then you get a notification that it's been accepted. And you're like, wait, what? That usually doesn't work out for you. Uh, no, it usually doesn't. But this time, I think it works out perfectly. I did a classic sell high, buy low. I traded. Ryan Zimmerman and Alex Wood for Justin Verlander and Hanley Ramirez. Grade the trade. He gives up Ryan Zimmerman and Alex Wood for Justin Verlander and Hanley Ramirez. Well, probably since you proposed that trade, Wood's value has improved dramatically. So it looks less good for you than it did a week or two ago, but I still think you come out ahead here. I mean, I I consider Verlander the most valuable piece of those four still. Yes. And uh, a minus the third. Uh, that's where I'm going. I think that's what Scott was trying to get to. No, a that's, too high. that's too high. It's, it's <laughs> Do like you have a, Hanley or like a B minus. Do you it's have Hanley or Ryan Zimmerman wow. higher, Scott? I have Ryan Zimmerman higher. Okay. I wonder what Ryan Zimmerman has done over the Memorial Day weekend because he's starting to struggle quite a bit. I mean, he's had like an 800 OPS in the month of May. Has he? I, I mean, Didn't like feel three, three days ago, he did at least. Uh, all right. But what about six days ago? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, let's take a look at the game. But anyway, yeah, that was an interesting one. You you said you have Zimmerman ahead of, of Hanley, Scott? Yeah, I do. And Chris? I still have Hanley ahead. I just believe in the, the skill set okay. with Hanley. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's your trade talk. Now, Chris wanted to talk a little strategy. All right, fine. He's singling. He's getting some singles. <laughs> <laughs> he has Ryan Zimmerman as of Friday afternoon had not homered since May sixth. It happens. Yeah, he's got, and I think his OPS in the month of May is still like eight twenty or something. So, yes, not as good, but not. It's not an Eric Thames collapse. But since May seventh, his OPS is five forty five. Uh -oh. That's sixteen games. He's due. So what's going on with Eric Thames? Oh, as, he's been as bad. of the weekend. Uh, since May 22nd, I think he's got like a 218 batting average. May 22nd? Today's the 26th. Or April 22nd. Oh. So <laughs> that number's been floating around. He, like, I think since the last series in Cincinnati, he uh, he's had like 218 batting average, two home runs in 20 games or something. Not great, but everybody goes through slumps. 
He also Thames had an illness. He had strep yeah. throat. He yeah. had leg issues. Leg issues. Yeah, the leg issues kind of concerned me going forward because uh, they seem to be recurring. Remember, they were but, like, he's on base too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. Like, he's just getting on base so much. I mean, I still, yeah, I, I still fully believe in the breakout. The plate discipline's been great. Yeah. His his uh, batting average has regressed to the, to a point that now his BABIP looks, you know, 100% sustainable. And the overall numbers still look great because of that first month. So I, yeah, I think you're going to be very happy. With he's him. one that I look at the overall track record, and that's pretty much very close to what I expect. You know, actually, still probably higher than I expect. I don't think he's going to be a thousand OPS bat, but I still expect him to be very good. So, of the four, unless I'm forgetting someone, the four big time surprise hitters. Oh, there's been a lot more than four. The four best ones: Judge, Thames, Conforto, Zimmerman. Okay, I'll right. I'll roll with that. Who's the least likely to be good rest of season? Oh, least likely to be. Really good. Probably Zimmerman. Yeah, I agree with Zimmerman. Although I would say of that group, Aaron Judge probably has the highest range of possible outcomes. Like, I, I'm i pretty sure he's good, but I think Michael Conforto is just a better overall hitter. I, I don't know if I'm in the minority on that one. Um, but I just think with the flaws that Aaron Judge has, there's a chance that, you know, he turns into – the bad version of Giancarlo Stanton from last year where he's just a borderline starting guy. Have you seen the judges' chambers at yes. Yankee Stadium? It's pretty solid. I haven't, no. So they have like two rows in right field where they give people black robes yeah. with like mm-hmm. a Yankees logo on it and judge on the back. And they have like – they set it up. It looks like, like a bench basically. Yeah. And it's just like the judges. So, so this is like a team-sponsored yeah. fan group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give, they give them out. I think that's kind of Nobody's lame. going to the games. It's unbelievable. Like, what do they have to do? Go to the freaking games, people. <laughs> you seeky. <laughs> not not a not a problem you normally expect at Yankee Stadium. That's yeah, they've been no kind of crappy the last few years. Attendance the stadium tends to is lag. so big that it makes the stadium and look empty. Tickets are really expensive. Not on the secondary market, they're not. Yeah. It's there's no excuse anymore. Uh, NBA Finals prediction, real quick. Then we'll get into the uh, then we'll get into the emails. Warriors and six. Uh, sure. I like the sound <laughs> of that. I think the Warriors are going to win, and I was going to say Warriors. Nobody six likes too. to say seven or less than six. I hope it's everybody hope it's likes awesome. to pick six, right? Favorite, unless, favorite, unless you just think they're going to run away with. Yeah, it. favorite and six is like the coward's way out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know, the thing about the ballparks, I we all watch a lot of baseball. I see so many empty ballparks. Just I don't get well, it. Go to the games. How much baseball are you watching on the weekends? Because that's my thing. No, the weekends, I watch, the weekends look good. I watch a lot more baseball during the week, and people just aren't going to go to a baseball game on a weeknight. No, that's a shame. You don't get home until 11. It's you, just yeah, That is true. The games are long. All right. Uh, this is a, an email from Chris Rockford, a Rockford oh, peach. I thought you were going to say Chris Rock. No, Chris Rockford. Okay. Can you break down Stephen Piscotty? Is he droppable? Would you rather own Piscotty, uh, Altair, Okay, well, the question is, I have to drop one of these when A.J. Pollock comes back. Altair, Piscotti, or Boer? I would drop Altair. I would, too. I'm, I am I think I talked last podcast about how Boer is taking a stud turn, I feel like, and the fact he's less than 60% owned is just... Has the highest OPS of any first baseman in the month of March. Wow. 
May. Yeah. May. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got, you got wow. your. Uh, little, you hit the bottle a little early on Memorial Ooh. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yeah. I told you. <laughs> I think. I, I wonder if it's just waiver wire fatigue because everybody jumped aboard Altair, and uh, and I think it was the right thing to do. He's like. 85% owned, but I, I think what Boar's doing looks more sustainable, and I agree that Altair's the, the low man here. Now, Piscotti, okay, so I did the, the number crunching as of Friday afternoon. Stephen Piscotti last year was the number 21 outfielder in points leagues, number 27 in Roto. Very good. Obviously, somebody you want to roster and start. Uh, but, you know, I looked at his numbers from last year, like 22 homers, I think, seven steals, nothing spectacular. And I thought, what would that be this year? With outfielders, where it's hard to it's hard to get a lot of guys that are on waivers that you like, so I took his points per game from last year, fantasy points per game, and I gave it to forty two games <laughs> for Stephen Piscotti, and he would be the number thirty eight outfielder right now based on his production last but that's, year. It could be it's it's close, you know. And and points per game are going to be higher early in the season. There's just a lot of guys playing over their heads. Those numbers are all going to come down. You know, like you, you look at the OPS yeah, leaderboards. Yeah, but, but what was what was his OPS last year? He's not a steals guy, Piscotti, and he's doesn't have a great OPS. He so, was eight hundred last year. Yeah, all right. I mean, but like, no, I'm just saying, like in general, when you're comparing early season numbers to full season numbers, there are a lot of guys. There are, I would guess, ten players who have an OPS over a thousand right now. That probably hasn't happened. If it's ever happened, it probably hasn't happened since the height of the steroid era. Okay. All right, next email is from Brian Norris, formerly Team Ginger in a uh, podcast Rejects League. Brian says, hey, Nando, Herc, and Al. I don't know. (laughs) Not anymore. Uh, I have more outfielders and catchers than I know what to do with. Assuming you can't change the roster, what's the best way to make those lineup decisions every day? How do I start the right ones most of the time? I did air quotes on right. Is there some rubric or logic I can lean on rest of season? For for instance, should one value the hot hand more or less than the pitching matchup? How much should splits dictate things? So this is a daily lineup (laughs) question. Yeah. I think they all come into play. I I think the number one factor here is just how good is the hitter himself. And you're rarely going to want to stray from the best one but i you know if it if they're really if it's too close to call basically then then yeah you unfortunately have to make some decisions and i think the pitching matchup would take number one priority for me this is just it's such a narrow needle to thread that i just like this is we were talking before the show in one of my leagues i don't have a single hitter on my bench I have one in my daily league i just i would rather throw crap at the wall with pitching and see what sticks and just kind of Roll with the hitters and not have to make this kind of decision. I know that it's different daily. in a daily. Well, yeah, with league. daily leagues, I mean, you want to have some ben- play hitters yeah. on your bench for the when when hitters have days off, Mondays and Thursdays. Oh, because four of the hitting categories are counting stats, right, especially. Right, but if you have excess, that's really giving you a dilemma, as opposed to just extra guys for off days, then it's probably best to try and work out a trade for more pitching. I think that's probably... And he says he has more outfielders and catchers than he knows what to do with. Outfielder, everyone has more outfielders than they know what to do with. But And catcher maybe too, just because so few maybe catchers are t- needed to be started. Maybe if it's a 12. Yeah, but, but I, I would catcher, not roster two catchers. Oh, if it's right. a two catcher, thing, I would. But yeah. I wouldn't roster a backup catcher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not getting yeah, enough production fair. to be like, oh, my catcher's sitting today, I'm going to put the other one in. I don't know. I, but just getting back to the original question, even if it doesn't apply to this particular guy's situation, 
Um, I do think the opponent is the secondary factor to consider. Be and and obviously, if it's a left-handed batter and he just stinks against left-handers, never plays against left-handers, that that's high priority too. But whatever you go about doing, I think you need to be consistent with it. You're going to be wrong a lot, no matter what approach you take, just because that's the way baseball works. I mean, uh, otherwise we win. Otherwise we win on daily fantasy every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you need to pick an approach and stick with it, so that you get all you you get the benefit from it, because there will be times when it benefits you, and you're not just chasing the benefit and always missing out. Hashtag trust the process. Hashtag. I have nothing clever there. Uh, I just trust the process. So annoying. Joe Patotsky, Patosky from South Bend, Indiana. I'm sorry. I said trust the process is annoying. <laughs> it's basketball. <laughs> I mean, you know, basketball is annoying, right? Is it a basketball thing? Trust the process? Yeah. It's a Philadelphia oh, it's the Sixers. Sixers. It's the Sixers, right? Should we point out why you're maybe a little distracted right now? No, I'm good. That had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Earlier it may have, <laughs> but right now that had nothing there, to do with there it. There is a Miami Hurricanes baseball game going on in a TV here, and it's behind Adam. He has to turn around. So he around. keeps turning around every time I'm talking. It's very rude. But what you should know about this Miami Hurricanes baseball game is this is an elimination game. Their season will almost certainly end if they don't win this game. Well, your this podcast will most certainly end if the host gets distracted. <laughs> I wasn't distracted one time. Uh, with having Starling Marte suspended... I'm hurting in steals. It's a 14-team, 5-by-5 league. Would you give up Michael Brantley for D. Gordon? I could do that, yeah. They're, I think they're fairly interchangeable, and in, in this format especially. Yeah. In a points league, they, they kind of go the opposite direction. Brantley's more valuable. Gordon becomes less valuable. But in this format, and, and if you need steals specifically, I think this makes sense. Yeah, you would expect it to be close to a wash in batting average and runs. Gordon's going to have a big edge in steals, and then it's just whether you can make up the home runs in RBI. Email from Alex in Boston. And before you guys respond and p- potentially criticize Alex in Boston, you should know he wrote us a very nice email, and he gave us a five-star review. Oh. So, so I support anything, Alex. Alex. I agree. He bought us off. Keeper 12-team head-to-head points league. Um, we had to tr- We had a trade offered to us. On CBS on Wednesday, it was Braun and Dickerson for Marte, Syndergaard, Shaw, and Tomas, and he hadn't decided on it yet. Um, but we were leaning towards not doing the deal, and we communicated as much to the other owner. I was watching the Brewers game when Braun got pulled for calf tightness, and I called my co-owner. We decided to accept the trade, giving up Braun and Dickerson getting Marte, Cindergard, Shaw, and Tomas. Um, he did it after the Braun injury. The other owner is crying foul, but we also think it was risky to leave a trade proposal out on there on his part. Out there on his part. Please ask the guys what they think on the podcast today if you can fit it. So, yeah, he wasn't going to accept the Ryan Braun trade, was watching the game. Oh, he'd be giving up Ryan Braun. Was watching the game, saw him get injured, accepted the trade. I mean, it's a... Uh... Five-star review. Uh, no, nah, it's bad. You can't do that. You can't do that, Alex. Of, it's a bit of a bleep move, but uh Yeah, you can't do that. It's I, not against I, the rules. No, it's not against the rules, but you know, I mean just the simple standard of treat others the way you want to be treated. Like it it seems reasonable to think, okay, the the like 
if if a player in, on a tra- in a trade proposal gets injured, it's worth checking with the owner who made that proposal to you. Are you still cool with this? Because yes. you don't you don't want bad blood. You don't want him to boycott all oh, future trades. Don't say with don't you. say bad blood. You're gonna get Chris and Taylor Swift. <laughs> you don't want. <laughs> I mean, it's it is it isn't technically illegal, and I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if your commissioner. If it would be right for your commissioner to, to, would you veto it? Would I veto it? No. I would veto it faster than you saying, "Hey, Commissioner Adam, will you veto this trade?" I'm, it would be vetoed I'm, before you. Even I'm said. mostly with Heath when it comes to vetoes. If this is such bad form. I if just, you're well, going to inv- in- invoke the veto, that means that there is a basic level of trust that has been violated yeah, within the league. I, that's and, exactly what it is. But. That should mean that you are that it doesn't just stop there. Like I, I think a veto means like you need a rule, you need to punish the owner, kick the owner out. Well, this no, means well, why? I, I relate why? this. I relate this, this to back to instances where, which happen fairly regularly, probably across all the leagues I'm in, maybe twice a year, somebody will click the accept button and say, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I make to." meant to click the decline button and i and i always as the commissioner back that trade out because i feel like could they be lying to me yeah they could they could have just decided had instant regret after clicking accept and made up that excuse but i feel like if a trade is accepted like both parties should be happy at that point right if if somebody's feeling regret yeah. Then it, then I don't feel like it was a legitimate trade. I I feel like well, I feel like both people should walk. Now now obviously two days later that's probably a different story. Right. There's there's a statute of limitations. Maybe on that, I mean sometimes trades get accepted and you're like maybe look, I shouldn't have done that. But but this is a I mean this is a specific case. A guy gets hurt. You're watching the game. You can't expect the guy to know that. You don't right, accept maybe, the trade. You maybe don't do you that. walk back half the trade. No, you don't. You just walk back the trade and let them re- redo a trade. I mean, I'm thinking of real world scenarios yeah. like. The Marlins Padres trade last year where what's his name got hurt. Yeah. Or was hurt when they traded for him and the Padres lied about it. It's kind of a similar situation to that. Maybe Alex gets docked a pick next what year. What was his no, name? No, that's it's not the same situation. <laughs> no, it's at not all. because that's yeah, no, you can't do that. Boy, Chris, I'm glad you're not my commissioner. Meanie commissioner meanie pants. Next email is from Alan. Both Adam Frazier and Devin Travis are available in my league. Should I drop one of the following for Frazier or Travis? Odubel Herrera, Stephen Piscotty, Aaron Altair. I wouldn't hate dropping Odubel for Adam Frazier. Like Adam Frazier is right now. Right now is what we were hoping. Oh, wait, not Odubel. for Devin Travis. Not for Travis. I thought you were all. I, aboard I think the it Travis depends bandwagon. on what the league format is. Um, but I really like what Adam Frazier is doing right now. I think he's a hitting a lot of singles. Devin, yeah. Tra- you were taking. Adam Frazier over Devin Travis. You're taking the singles hitter which over is, the doubles. Which is well, fine, it's but also, you, but you it's are also doing the that. walks and the stolen bases with, with Adam Frazier. He doesn't run that much, does he? He was a 15 to 20 steals guy in the minors. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. What's <laughs> he, what has he been in the majors? I think he's got seven in like 280 plate appearances or something. He's two out of six. This year? Yes. Well, he played last year. Yeah, but he stole eight bases over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, two out of six. Uh, I don't see Frazier as a base dealer. The fact he homered in back-to-back days leading into Friday, you know, he's not a power hitter at all. ISO's like. Well, would you drop anyone for Devin Travis? Yes, I would drop. Odubel. Odubel yeah, for Odubel Travis or Altair. 
would you drop Kendall Graveman or Sean Manaya for Denelson Lamette? No. Uh, I don't think so. Would you drop Odubel Herrera for Denelson? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I might. Mm-hmm. Odubel's pretty replaceable right now. I liked what we saw from Denelson yesterday. Here's an email from someone in Springfield. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. Would you rather have Matt Harvey or Joe Ross rest of season in a roto league? Chris, you don't have to answer. Do it, Scott. Yeah, no, I mean, if if Matt Harvey was the only person I could consider dropping for Joe Ross, I'd do it. I I, I feel uh, like like the Emperor and Star Wars, and we need to don't spoil Star Wars. Push you to the. I still have to watch Empire. Search your feelings. It's not. It's not giving up on Harvey. You know it to be true. I still think you're going to want to keep a close eye on RV and and hopefully have another. Hopefully, have another chance at him. Okay, from Jared. <laughs> I'm sure that's a funny joke when I eventually watch Star Wars. <laughs> Grade the trade. Says, dear Matt, Luke, and Danny. Is there is there a third Bonner brother? The, the NBA player Matt Bonner. Oh, Matt His Bonner. Brothers Luke Bonner. Okay. I don't know. Maybe there's Dan- a Danny Bonner. Danny Bonner. Danny Bonner Ducci. Maybe we got a UF basketball fan here. Danny, I man, these these names are so generic. Well, look, somebody Google it. Ten team head to head points league, three outfielders. Oh, that's uh, the defenders. Oh, okay. My Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. So this is a big trade. Write it down, everyone. Just pull over. Write it down. <laughs> My Stanton, Bautista, Cyrus Davis, Oof. and Jason Vargas. Bautista, Bautista Stanton, Cyrus Davis, and Vargas. I get Mike Trout and Eric Thames. Oh, come on. Uh, this is an A-A. Okay, A-minus. here's the thing A-minus. you have to keep in mind on this trade. There's a there's a PS. This guy ha- was the Freddie Freeman owner and the Starling Marte owner. So he's probably hurting on depth. It's a 10-team league. You're, the depth is the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, he also picked up Bautista and, v- and Vargas on yeah. waivers. Yeah, that's... I like it. That's a B plus, I guess. All right. A from Scott, B plus from Chris. Good job. This is from Cody. I wanted to shoot you an email about former top 10 outfielder George Springer. Unless I didn't copy and paste it right. It says George Spring. Is that someone else or just a typo? Probably a typo. I think it's a typo. Uh, (laughs) I drafted Springer pretty high. He obviously has not been even decent for us fantasy players since the first few weeks of the season. Any thoughts? Cody, I will have to disagree with you. He was great for me. On a Sunday in week, I don't know, five or six, when he, the Yankees helped, game. he helped me overcome Scott White and beat him in the podcast league with a, with a massive two-homer game. So here's the thing with George Springer, and that this keeps happening. He has – he's supposed to be this big-time power guy. And he's hit – he had 30 home runs last year, right? But yeah. um, he's a ground ball hitter. He's 51% this year, 48% last year. And he doesn't hit the ball especially hard. He's been 33 to 34% for three straight years now. So, yeah, I'm not sure he's like a consistent, much more than 25 uh, homer guy. I will say this, though, about Springer. I mean, you look at, you talk about the peripherals the last three years. His his OPS the last three years, his three career years, his three seasons in his career 804, 826, 815. But if he's not. That's not great, Chris, but. He led baseball and plate appearances last yeah. year. It, it it pushes everything up for him. Yeah. If he's not stealing bases, though, how yeah. much better than Stephen Piscotty is he on at least a per game basis? 
Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing about Springer though is that I don't you really don't look at per game with him. Um, because like I said, he, yeah, he leads off of the Astros. That's always risky. Because uh, one, I guess, but one you injury. would see him. Yeah, well, yeah, injuries suck, but you would see him Springer likely being top five or ten in plate appearances. Mm. Yes. I say, I, look, I, I, I mean, I've, I I've said this. He's going to play it appearances way into being a good. Yeah, he's player. probably not like a. It's we've talked about this a handful of times over the last couple of weeks. He's probably not like a top fifteen outfielder every week, but he'll probably end up a top fifteen outfielder. Uh, right, uh, right, exactly. Okay, I think he was eighth last year, but certainly not on a per game basis. That's George Springer. Uh, next email is from Eric, a lifelong Atlanta resident. Go Braves and go Scott. Yeah. He says, Dear Yankees, Braves, Royals, and Marlins, because of the keeper limit a manager has in my league, he offered me Manny Machado for Xander Bogarts. Um, he, Xander Bogarts looks good. Machado sitting at 218. Um, do it. Don't even think about okay. it. Yeah, I know. Do it. Do it. Do I know it. the concerns. <laughs> if you need steals, Xander Bogarts going to get you. But the difference is so massive here. Yeah, do it and put your back into it. Chris in <laughs> D.C., I am trying to get a feel for a fair trade value for Syndergaard and Bumgarner when they return. Do you think that Syndergaard and Bumgarner will have health or performance problems when they come back? And what is their worth to a team that's highly likely to make the playoffs and the stats over the next month won't be missed too much? I mean, it's more valuable for that team. You, you talked about on, on, on Friday's show, Adam, that if you already have a big advantage built up, then maybe these are players you target because you know, obviously, for where they'll end up, you can get them at a discount. I don't think you can rule out the possibility that there will be struggles coming back from these injuries, especially in the case of Bumgarner because he hurt his pitching shoulder. Um, yeah. I am anticipating a full recovery from both but it's one of those things you just you just don't know until you see them pitch again and we're far away from that they're definitely both i would say very risky um because there's a chance that they just don't come back on the same timetable there's there's a chance madison bumgarner doesn't come back it's a small chance but there's a chance also as of right now those teams are not really playoff contenders. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> so true. Keep that in mind. I mean, weird to say it, but I think I think they both could get back, and especially the Mets. All right, let's finish up here from Nate, dear Ben, Fred, Randy, and Vandal. Okay, Savages. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> who's Vandal? Savages? I have no idea, but the he's other three be. are Savages. Do, what are the chances do. that he's not? I have David Dahl on the DL right now. Uh, I can drop Dahl and. Pick up Yoan Moncada. Who has the greater upside? I think. I mean, Dahl does. We've we've seen. Okay, greater upside. Moncada has the greater long term upside. Probably right? Moncada has the greater long term upside. But we've actually seen Dahl succeed in the majors before, and obviously he has that nice safety net in Colorado. The problem is that. Where's he is there play? going to be? Yeah, is there going to be an opening for him? We know, like. The White Sox could find a spot for Moncada now if they wanted to. I mean, and the, eventually the Rockies they have been will. playing Gerardo Parra as the left-handed platoon part of the first base thing. Right. I think they would like to play both Parra and Reynolds every day, and they can't. Yeah. So how are you going to fit another bat in there? I think I'd rather – it's easier to stash Dahl since he can fill a DL spot, but if that's not a consideration, I think I'd rather stash Moncada. 
Who, Vandal Savage is a uh, Superman villain. Who will get more steals? Moncada. Thank you, Chris. Moncada or Dahl? Moncada. Moncada. All right. Uh, next question is about catchers and shortstops. Jake and KC. Jake and KC, who uh, is he, he's still killing it in the podcast league, I think. He's very good player. I uh, was wondering if you could break down catcher and shortstop, the two weakest positions, from players 12 through 25. I'm in a 10-team league where guys like uh, Bandy and Castillo are starting catchers, and I've shuffled between uh, Russell, Cozart, and Diaz. I'm thinking about grabbing Gregorius. What's the strategy here? Do I overpay to upgrade at shortstop? What level starting pitcher should I ask for if I trade Kyle Schwarber, who's catcher eligible, since I have Gary Sanchez? It's a 7x7 OBP league. It's a shallow league. I, you know, it is interesting. Like, do you overpay for shortstop, I think, is or catcher, is the most interesting part of this email. But I, also, you know how much I love Didi. But anyway. One thing that's interesting for me that I found is, like, we all agree Trey Turner's been, like, a massive disappointment this season. So far. And so far, he's probably barely been a starting caliber outfielder. The league where I have him in my shortstop spot, I haven't even thought about him. Like, he's just been, I feel good about him every single week. I don't even consider. And so it's like, that might be the guy that you target. Because I think, well, how about VR? VR is like a top 10 shortstop. Sure. Yeah, I think either one of those guys probably have better days coming ahead of them. I would rather. And well, and I like Turner better. I just think you have to pay more. He mentioned Diaz here. We don't think Aledmus Diaz has better days ahead for him. Uh, I think Addison Russell does. Yeah, probably. I, and I, I have more confidence in Diaz specifically than I do VR. So I don't know that that's high enough um, of a trade target if I was going to upgrade at shortstop that way. I feel like he's okay at shortstop because Cozart's at least the hot hand for now. He's performed like a top five shortstop this yeah. year. So just ride that until Lemus Diaz heats up and you'll be fine. But like answering the question in a broader sense, these are the two positions where there is some honest different uh, differentiation in a mixed league of this size where, you know, most everywhere else around the infield, certainly in the outfield, there's a lot of um, teams just kind of producing similarly because there's so many options there. So I think it's worth overpaying if you have the excess to overpay. Yeah. Um, and just the replacement levels higher at those other positions. And, and Turner's a great target because you think he could be a stud. I, I mean, Sanchez or Schwarber would be a good target. If you're talking about, in your situation, you have Sanchez and Schwarber, I'm not so sure you shouldn't trade Sanchez just because I feel like he might yield the better return, and I have faith as a catcher. Schwarber would you trade Sanchez for Turner? Oh, yeah. For Trey Turner? Yeah, I'd do that. All righty. So, two more emails here. This is from Blake in Santa Barbara. I'm a Dodgers fan, yet I hate the Dodgers. What have they done to deserve loyalty? $16 beers, $25 parking, highest payroll in baseball, but not even a top 10 roster, in my opinion. <laughs> so, which is the most? which team is the most worthy of fandom? I'm creating a roto format to determine which MLB franchise deserves loyalty. So far, my categories include price of beer at the stadium, Salary paid and wins over the past 10 years. I think it's salary per salary, win. Salary paid per win. Price of tickets and per cost of living index yeah. of the city. Uh, I need at least two more categories. What else should be included? I mean, some co- sort of success that's not tied to salary. Because, like, the Marlins probably look fantastic based on these three things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beer's not expensive. 
They pay nothing per win, even though they don't <laughs> win very much. And you can get tickets for like four bucks on the secondary market. But, you know, you're going to go sit in an empty stadium. Um, I, I actually think home attendance is a big part of this. Like, I want to root for a team that has a lot of fans, that, that people show up. Home run statues mm. per team should be, you know. Home run statues per team. Why, How home, about why not just statues Because per per I'm trying to make the argument for the Marlins. Percentage of home run statues? Oh, you mean the sculpture thing? Yes. And the Oh, gosh, that stupid thing. <laughs> what about percentage of roster that are, like, homegrown players? Oh, I like that. As homegrown opposed to yeah. you just, mercenaries. You, you, need a, you need a fun ranking. You, you want to root for a fun team. Uniforms? You, sh- you know what you should do? You should just not be loyal. Just root for whichever team is most fun at that moment. $16 beer? That's an insult. And I don't even drink beer. <laughs> like, that pisses <laughs> me off. Yeah. Yeah, right. no. You, 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 don't, you don't drink beer at the baseball stadium. Last email is from Jimmy in New York. Dear Ginsburg, Judy, and Aaron. Judges. Now that Alex Bregman is middle infield eligibility, who do you like better rest of season, Bregman or Ledmus Diaz? Oof. I'll I'll say Bregman. I have a little more confidence in the pedigree yeah. for Bregman. They've they've had similar they've disappointed in similar ways this year and I still have confidence in both, but I think Bregman is the uh the lower risk of the two. TS Chris Towers, you are an indie rock fan. Listen to the band Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. I, I read this email the other day. I'm going to check them out. I've I've added them to my list. I just need to get my computer back. Okay. I've got that the wrong helps. computer. That helps. Um, in the last 30 seconds, do you want to apologize for the whole gambler's fallacy thing? Or I'm right. <laughs> like, I'm 100% right, and everyone was saying so. Everyone was saying everyone so? Everyone was saying so. You're not reading the same things I'm reading. Uh, yeah, I'm only reading the positive ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, All the emails I've opened. Yeah, exactly. Email with subject tweets. line, Chris is right. <laughs> While you were, what is it? What is the Twitter thing? While you were, what you missed? In case While you, you were away, it, yeah. Uh, a lot of Chris Towers, Heath Cummings, Gambler's Fallacy stuff in there. Very <laughs> much enjoyed it. And I was clearly right. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. Thank you, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See ya.